It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 808 on a Saturday morning, 76 degrees outside. It's moving up a little bit. It's going to not stop until we're in the mid-90s this afternoon. Get your gardening done this morning. Ask me questions about what you ought to be doing at 404-872-0750. James up in Kennesaw, his granddad. What does granddad say about me, James? <laughs> well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be able to speak to you. Uh, I moved here from California. My grandparents lived in northwest Alabama. Yeah. My dad, uh, my grandfather passed away back in 2004, but he was 98. But he used to rig up this machine, and he could listen to your program, and he would get up every Saturday morning and listen to it. There's only one time that he actually got upset with you. <laughs> and that's when I called the radio station. I believe it was in 94. It was before the Olympics. And I had a silver maple that was in the yard, and it split from the wind. Oh, yeah. And, and you told me you made a sound. You fired up a power saw, and you said, that's the only <laughs> thing you can do for it. So... He got mad and he called me and told me to take some uh, nylon sutures right. or a rope. He told me to get, find the vein where it split and to tie it to it and then right. twist it to use it as a support. And I am pl- proud to say that it's 20 <laughs> plus years later that that tree is probably 40 feet tall. Wow. And uh, where those uh, splits were. They've actually mend themselves. I can see where the uh, nylon is. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, that was one thing he would be proud of that he was able to pass on, and it actually worked. So, I mean, I had nothing to lose, but uh, um, I enjoy getting up on the days to be able to listen to you. Your call Thank answer you the call as I need it. But uh, that was the one time he really got upset with you when, <laughs> when you made <laughs> when that sound. Well, <laughs> most people, all right, most people's a... Uh, the uh, trees would just fall down, and that would be the end of the story, and they wouldn't be able to get it back up, and graft back together again like that. And but I he, say, was, he was—he was a big grafter. He grafted a lot of diff- uh, a lot of different things. Right. He, uh, uh, Auburn University, rented some property from him, and he did a lot of grafting. And I have to bring in some of the stuff that he actually grafted. Uh, well, I'll, I'll actually send it to you. I won't bring it in. Yeah. And then maybe you can take a look at it. But there's some interesting things that he's grafted over the years. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see something something interesting, James, I just ran upon this page the other day, and I'd forgotten, frankly, that I ever put it on my website. But it was a guy who was using super glue to graft pears on pears. He wanted to put two or three varieties of pear on the same trunk, and he was using superglue, and it worked like a charm. He had a series of pictures of how he put the superglue in and put the pieces together and did all the, uh, put the tape and tar around it to keep it moist for a little while, and it worked great. And so, you know, if you ever have an opportunity to take after your grandfather and do some more grafting, look on my website for the superglue method of grafting things together and try that out and let me know what happens to it, James. Thanks for calling. We'll take Grandpa's advice at heart, and sometimes I am not all that correct of things that I say. But we'll see if we can help Pam and give her something 100%. Pam, hey, good morning. Welcome to Lonnie Garden. Good morning, Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I have a backyard that we want to put St. Augustine's sod down in, and we are having a horrible time finding any in the Atlanta area. 
And we love St. Augustine. We've had it at uh, our property in the Atlanta area before. We bought a new property, and we want to put the St. Augustine in because it's drought-resistant. And we have no shade in our backyard. It will be happy growing there, I'm sure. But like you, I found that St. Augustine is not sold by everybody. I got some from Pike five, six years ago now. And uh, that's the last time I saw it at Pike was St. Augustine was there for a little while. Maybe they even did a special, you know, order at the cash register for me and had some delivered I picked up. I don't remember the details. But that's all I can say. I don't have a special St. Augustine or us kind of store to to refer you to. And I'm sure you've done the research that I have and called Sod Atlanta and North Georgia Turf and uh, all the sod companies around. The other thing that might be useful, all right, do you have a pencil to write this website down, Pam? I do. All right, go to um, georgialandscapepro.com, georgialandscapepro.com. Okay. okay. It's the association of all the professional landscapers and sod people and other things that are associated with the industry here in Atlanta. And georgialandscapepro.com has a search function. It says find a professional. They're on the webpage. Find a professional. And if you go to that section of their website, it says, what do you want done? Sod installation, lawn maintenance, you know, the various things that companies offer. And if you put in sod and then purchase purchase side in other words that maybe give you a company that does have St. Augustine here but georgialandscapepro.com is where I would try at least for your last uh, effort to find some side here okay wonderful we've been transplanting pieces out of my daughter's yard but it'll take um it's slow to try and do that but you know i did it my my neighbor gus did it too at his lawn too it was not uncommon on saturdays in the afternoon to see me and gus out taking little sprays of st augustine grass and sticking them in the ground trying to get them to live and finally they his looks fine mine looks fine too but that was a slow process all righty. Well, thank you for your information, and I'll try and contact them and see if we can find some. Thanks for calling, Pam. Thank you, Walter. Have a great day. For those of you who are still scrambling to find the pencil, that was georgialandscapepro.com. Let's go to Marsha, who's in Marietta, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Marsha. Hi. What's up? Well, I my home is being in, invaded, and I mean, that is an understatement. I have like hundreds of fruit flies. I have looked up the uh, life cycle on the internet, so there is absolutely nothing in my house that they are breeding from. I mean, I have even flushed all of the drains, and those drains that we don't use very often, I put a Clorox solution so it would be in the trap. But my question is, could it be possible, because of all the high temperatures that we have, that they are somehow migrating from the outside heat to a cooler mm. place in the house through any crack and crevice? No, that's not likely. So, I mean, I know that's your, that's your best hope right there, that they're coming in the house from outside marching, but I don't think that's likely at all. And the thing I want to point out is there are two kinds of what can I call them, indoor flies, there's fruit flies that come off of fruit, apples and bananas and stuff, and they just have an egg that you didn't realize was on there when you bought it at the grocery store, and they hatch into fruit flies. There's another insect called the uh, drain fly, and drain flies live in scum around the drains and kitchen sinks and things like that, and both of them uh, look similar to each other, but the fruit fly is attracted to fruit and I will tell you something that I've been very proud to relate a couple of times is my son, I don't want to speculate on how he gained this knowledge, but my son in college 
found out that red wine left out in a kitchen counter would attract all sorts of fruit flies. All right, his house had a lot of fruit flies, and he said, "Yeah, there was a little bit of wine in a saucer in the kitchen, and all the fruit flies came to it and drowned." Well, you would not believe how many containers of apple cider yeah. and sugar mixture that I have scattered throughout Do my house. Do any flies and I come? Mean, they they're attracted to that, and of course, eventually they fall down into yeah. it. But I'm just wondering. Why am I being invaded? Somewhere, and again, I want to be sure that it is a fruit fly, not a drain fly, because you control them different ways. But if they're attracted to the uh, to the vinegar or wine or whatever you could put out there, then eventually you'll get rid of them. And I had a friend of mine who had a dustbuster. She said the best thing for getting rid of fruit flies or drain flies was just taking her dustbuster and running around the kitchen two or three times and catching them, sucking them up into the dustbuster vacuum cleaner. And that was her control and it worked pretty well. She said I didn't have any poisons or vinegar and saucers that the dogs could knock over or anything like that. So try the well, dustbuster. We've, we've even taken to like spraying um uh, like Lysol mm-hmm. refresher spray because yeah. that gets yeah. on their wings and right. incapacitates them. But I just wonder if there's anything else that I can do. There are traps you can find. I know, Marcia, there's one that looks like an apple, has a lot of little holes in the top. You take it apart and put the apple juice or whatever inside of it to trap them. It may or may not work as well as your wine and vinegar and the sauces in the kitchen. I think just keep keep at it. I mean, honestly, for a lot of inside insects, just keeping at it, reducing the population with organic or sometimes uh, regular pesticides, that's about the best you can do. And so I guess right now you just keep on working at it, and eventually the population will go down, and you won't have them anymore, like my friend that doesn't have any anymore in her house. we got Kim. Kim, can you do this really, really quickly? If you can do it quick, we'll get you I'm in get, here before the... I'm going to try, the, Walter. All right. What you got? But okay. I have a vine that is taking over my landscape. Okay. It's got an oval leaf with a pointed tip, kind of reddish-brown hmm. vine, and literally, it is taking over my entire garden in the front yard. How many leaflets or how many leaves do you see on the the, the vine? It's, it's just one vine with leaves on either side mm-hmm. all the way up. Kind of looks like honeysuckle, but there's never been any honeysuckle flowers. Wow. And I don't know how it got there yeah. when I moved in this house. The, the garden was gorgeous and beautiful, and now it's taken over my azaleas. It's killed the juniper. Does it have and any I've done everything flowers? Everything in my power to, to get rid of it. Does it have flowers on it? No. Oh, all right. Let me, let me for you, Kim, and you only. I'll tell you about my website. I have a wonderful place, a little, little button on WalterReeves.com. It's called Name That Plant. And if you can okay. take pictures, digital pictures, less than two megabytes per picture, and uh, upload it to Name That Plant, there are a bunch of really genius plant identifiers in Georgia who just make it their hobby to go to WalterReeves.com and identify things. And very well, likely, love them. if I can't, then they can. Okay. So go to WalterReeves.com and type in or go to the Name That Plant button and just in, put your information about where you found it, what it looks like, submit some pictures, and within 24 to 48 hours, I think you'd be figuring out what the vine is. Kim, i got to go, but thanks so much for calling. Right now it is 818, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 
And at 825, a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much nothing unexpected for the weather this afternoon. It's going to be hot. It's July. What do you expect? It's going to be in the mid-90s this afternoon, mid-70s this evening. Not much of a chance of shower, maybe 30% chance of shower with mix of sun and clouds throughout the day. But it's going to be hot, so get your gardening done today. Atlanta's full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Salmon and Decatur, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Simon, good morning. Good morning. All right. What you got? Yeah, I got some collard greens, and they got little white things look like flies. They're just sure, eating them up, yeah. and I spray this field with dust on them. It doesn't, doesn't kill them. I think yeah. it's probably easier rather than seven to use um, an organic insecticide called neem. It's just spelled like it sounds, N-E-E-M, neem oil, mm-hmm. and uh, spray that on the plants. But white flies, they suck all the juice out of collard plants. They make them sort of wilt and have little spots on the leaves. And yeah, you don't yeah, like yeah. to eat the collards and think I'm eating white fly <laughs> with it. So I think neem is probably easier than seven and probably more effective than seven is. Who sells that? Uh, Pike has neem oil. You can go to the Toco Hill Pike. That would be a good place to go. Okay. All right, I'll try that, Jim. Thank yeah, you much. Great. great talking to you, Simon. White flies, not such a good insect, and they reproduce like crazy. They sort of like lay eggs and the eggs hatch the next day or the third day. They're all adults. But if you get to them early, and that's the key on white fly control, as it is with a lot of insects, get to them early, control them when there's just a few of the adults running around, and then you don't have much problem with them for the rest of the summer. White flies in particular, they reproduce really, really fast. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape and remind you that the Children's Health Care of Atlanta Carathon that we sponsor every year starts on Monday. And you can get a great, a great feeling in your heart for having donated money to the Children's Health Care of Atlanta. But if you'd like to get something special, if you go today to wsbradio.com, click on the little bear over the side there uh, to donate early before the actual carathon starts on Monday, Tuesday. If you donate $110, so you have a little blank for other than $25, $50, If you donate $110, I will meet you personally at Toco Hill Pike sometime in September. I think it's September the 19th. September 19th, I'll be at Pike Nursery there at Toco Hill in the uh, morning, and we will have all the nursery to ourselves and we can talk about plants and answer your questions but go to wsbradio.com click on the little bear over there on the right hand side and donate $110 to be a part of the meet and greet at Pike Nursery Tuckle Hill September the 19th and speaking of Pike Nursery my friend Mickey Gazaway joins us hello Mickey good morning Walter how are you so again 95 degrees at a nursery can't be the most pleasant Uh, afternoon well 
you come and go. You know, we've got so many good-looking, so much good-looking plant material, it's hard to stay out. Yeah. But it is hot in there. It I is hot in there. They have it fans. I know they have fans. We they do have, have free water. We have big, giant fans that really help a lot. But, so uh, what is our pike pick <laughs> for the weekend? The perfect thing. Succulents. Which can stand any amount of heat in the whole wide world. That's exactly right. They're very, very heat tolerant and drought tolerant. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. I've got them in my yard. You know, I live in an old, old house, and I don't have very good water pressure, so I've got them in places that I can't water. And I water them when I put them in, and then I don't water them anymore. I've got sedums, and two or three of the succulents that I have are little ground cover plants that do an amazing job covering the ground. I love that. Um, the one, the real bright green one, yeah. they call it, um, sometimes they call it Angelina and sometimes Lemon Ball. Right. But it's all over the, if you ever go to Gibbs Garden, it's all over the place over there. And I just love it. It's beautiful. So that's a plant if you're the kind of person who's always gone during the summertime and your annuals and things die because of drought, get one of the succulent plants. It's a ground cover succulent, and you don't worry about anything. It takes care of itself. That's right. That's why uh, old people used to call them Live Forever. My daddy called them Live Forever. Right. And I think that's a good name. That's a great name. And, you know, as long as they have some drainage, doesn't get hot or doesn't right. get uh, real uh, dry, dry, dry. But as long as you have drainage to keep them from getting soggy, then I think succulents can live for years and years and oh, years. Oh, yeah. I think they're great. So that would include jade plant, include the Angelina sedums. Um, name me some more I don't know if it can, I don't know if it includes the jade plant or not. I think it's outdoor. Okay, outdoor succulents. I think yeah. that it may be. I don't know. You could ask. You got to ask and go up to the cash register and just say, "Hey." It's a succulent, and Mickey said it was on Mickey sale. Mickey says it's a succulent? Okay. All right. Get me in trouble. Go yeah, ahead. Just a succulent. That's all we have to worry <laughs> yeah, about. It is. It is, so it should be. So uh, what else is going on in the pipe? we got classes and things? We don't have any classes today, um, but we've just got lots of lots of pretty stuff and if in I'm your not garden. Mis- if I'm not mistaken, you started the, the sort of late spring, early summer sales so that things are still uh, in good shape, but uh, sometimes reduce prices on some yeah, plants. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We always, it, most every store's got a little area where they've got some stuff on sale, some red tag stuff yeah. or some red uh, yeah, fruit tags, I guess. So let, let me ask you a question. A guy just called earlier, what, 20 minutes ago, and wanted to get some, or maybe it was a woman that wanted to get some St. Augustine sod. Do all pikes carry St. Augustine? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I was wondering about that when I heard it. I haven't I haven't seen it on our list. No. But they make it in special order for you. I don't know. You can check and see. And, you know, I've got St. Augustine in my yard, too, and I love it. Yeah, of course. I really do. Anybody who's grown St. Augustine and walked on St. Augustine or oh, yeah. sort of messed with it, a little bit. It is a great grass. It and is a great grass. It doesn't seem to be harmed too much by cold weather up here. And so, like you, I love my St. Augustine as well. My parents had it in their yard in Atlanta for 50 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, we love it too here. Well. Um, but uh, just, hey, uh, you can answer if I can see. I, I just don't know whether they really got it or not, but you can ask, to, ask them to check and see. Yeah, local pikes have different you. managers, and managers are mm-hmm. able to get different plants depending on what their clientele around that yeah. pike uh, might demand. And so some pikes might not, some pikes might. And so call your local pike. Where, we, where? Don't, we don't care, oh, but let me say, Go they're ahead. not going to carry it in the stores. Right. They would have to order it Maybe by the pallet order, yeah. if they yeah. can. Yeah, I think it was a special order that I got mm-hmm. mine from the pike at, out on Mountain and Industrial well, I did get ago. none from Pikes, but that's been several years ago. Yeah. Okay. Where All right. So if somebody wants to know how to get to Pike and how to call Pike and how to find out whether St. Augustine's site is available and what is the Pike pick for the weekend, where would one go? 
at PikeNursery.com. Of course. Mickey, it's great talking to you. You too. Bye-bye. See, see you next Saturday. Okay. It's 841 at News Talk WSB. Greg in Douglasville joins us. Hey, Greg, good morning. Hey, Walter, how are you doing? Doing all right. What's up? Um, I got five peach trees, five apple trees, and five plum trees. And one of my peach trees is getting some sort of black sap um, on the limbs, and the leaves are becoming, you know, becoming yellow. Huh. Um, so I don't know what's going on. All the other ones are growing great and doing awesome, but uh, that, that one's not. Is the black sap gummy, or is it hard? Or uh, it's gummy. Huh. Go on. You're gonna. There are a couple of things that might cause gummy things, gummy things exuding from the bark of uh, peaches, plums, and. Um, things like that. So one is called black knot, and I want you to go to my website, just look up black knot, and see if that looks like what you have. It starts out a little gummy, but most often people say it's hard. So you may not have black knot, but I want you to look at the pictures and see if you see anything interesting. Black knot is one. There is a condition of peach trees called gummosis, where they just get a bacterial infection under the bark, and they start exuding gum everywhere, and um, that is a possibility, too, for both situations. Pruning the limb is about all you can do. There's not a not a pesticide for it, so we're still sort of trying to figure out what you've got, Greg. But okay. I think that gummosis or black knot, either one, is is possibly the explanation of what you have. Okay, will it end up um, killing the tree or what? No, not. I mean, it may weaken that limb, and you get a lot of yellow leaves beyond that point. But my feeling is it probably doesn't kill the tree. Doesn't spread that far. Good deal. Thank you so much, Walter. Greg, good talking to you. Donald's out in Covington in Newton County, and Donald joins us on Lawn and Guard. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? All right, Donald, what are you trying to do? Well, my front lawn here is red compact clay. Yeah. And I've already core aerated and started fertilizing grassy and all, yeah. and I can't keep no grass growing. I mean, you said hard clay, and that's not what grass wants to grow on. No, but what do I do? I mean, I spent a grand trying to get it to grow, and it won't grow. If it is hard clay, if it just doesn't have any organic matter or anything in it other than clay, you have to get some topsoil or, better yet, one of the blended organic matter uh, uh, material from a landscape supply place over there in Newton County and put it on top of the clay and then just till it in real good. You cannot grow grass on red clay. It just doesn't, the roots don't penetrate far enough to keep the grass from getting dried out in the summertime. And it's just a beat your head against the wall situation. When you have the clay, you can't grow grass. You got to amend the clay with organic stuff. Okay. What is organic stuff? Um, call, you know, honestly, it could be chicken manure. <laughs> if you got a chicken house or even a horse farm that has some uh, well, I uh, do what I need. yeah, I, I so, plow manure into it. So if you can plow about an inch or inch and a half of manure, six inches deep, and plow it in there until you've got it nicely mixed with the clay, and the clay is all loosened up a little bit so the roots can penetrate easily, then we will get some grass to grow. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, thank you. I'll try that. Don't spend any more money until that organic matter in the in the lawn area is improved. That's what you're doing. Oh, all right. All right, man. Well, Thanks thank for calling. Sue's in uh, Lawrenceville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Sue, good morning. Hi. Good morning. How can I help? Well, I'm preparing a flower bed, and I want to put a um, butterfly bush in the middle. Yeah. 
and I have a few that are already growing. Can I transplant one? Yes, but not now. <laughs> you can, but when, I would do it in when November. When's the best time to put a new plant in or a transplant? November. 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 When it's cooled off outside, you can transplant a lot of things, butterfly bush included. Uh, or if you go to a pike and buy a butterfly bush, I think October and November are great times to move them in. But not when it's hot. No siree, not now. Uh-huh. All right. How big do they get? It depends on the variety. There are some that I've seen, the one by my mother's garage, gee, that was eight feet, maybe nine or ten feet. It was big. I remember taking a picture in front of it one year with her in front of the butterfly bush, and uh, she's little bitty <laughs> as compared to the size of the butterfly bush to her. And then there are others that are, uh, one's Lo and Behold, I believe is the name of it, and it's only 18 inches, maybe, maybe 24 inches high. So look for the variety. Look on the tag. It'll tell you what the maximum height is and get one if you need a small one or a big one just you know follow the recommendations on the tag and get the right one but we're not going to do it now we're going to wait we're going to wait till october or november to do much of that moving around and transplanting thanks for calling sue we got uh, daryl at eatonton georgia who real quickly daryl how can we help uh good morning walter hey. uh i um have quite a few nice uh, quite a few gardenia bushes some of them are large some of them are small yeah but the larger ones, you know, they, you know, of course, they've all bloomed, they're bloomed and uh, and thriving very well. The large ones, you know, are just getting big and bushy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just wanted the best time to. Uh, I was going to do a little light trimming on some other shrubs, and I just wondered when would be the best. I, Best for these if, the, you're, uh, if you're judicious, and judicious is the word I want to use here, because I only think you can move remove about 25 or so percent of a of the foliage on a gardenia right. during the summertime. But if you need really more than that, do 25. No, 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 that, that's good. That's good. That's exactly what I want to do. Oh, fabulous! You're in great shape. Then, if you needed okay. to do more, you could do the rest of it in the winter time. But if 25 percent is your goal, do it right now and don't think about it. Okay, now if I do that twenty five percent, say today, yeah, should I do anything the rest of the season? You'll get a lot of sprouts where you made your oh, cuts. Yeah. Just below that, you get a lot of sprouts out, and typically, I don't think there's anything more that'll happen to make it uh, to make it sick or do anything bad to it. You've pruned it, okay. and it'll recover and end of story. It'll bloom next year. Cool, good, 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 good. So, okay, okay, sounds good. That's exactly what I wanted to know. So, thank you. Thank you, Daryl. We'll see you soon. It's 8.47 at News Talk WSB. We're listening to Lawn and Garden. We'll be right back. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Nice, Scott. Very nice music. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know what it's going to be. It's going to be hot this afternoon. 95 degrees by mid-afternoon, Brad and Kirk say. And then over the night, maybe mid-70s and very slight chance of rainfall during any of that time. Get your stuff done in the morning and stay inside for the afternoon when it's 95 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget to join me Monday night. Mark Aram and I will be hosting the well, the afternoon-evening shift of the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta Carathon that WSB does 
does every year. And don't forget, if you go to WSBRadio.com right now, click on the little bear on the right-hand side, and when you donate, put in $110. That's how we know people who are listening to The Lawn and Garden Show are eligible for a meet-and-greet September 19th at Pike Nursery, Toco Hill. I will walk you through the nursery. We will do every question you possibly have, what plants are best for your landscape, how to take care of plants in your landscape, but you get that by donating today to the WSB Carathon on WSBRadio.com. $110 so we can keep up with who it is that's uh, called in for the donation. Uh, Mark in Clarkston, Georgia, joins us this morning. Hey, Mark, good morning. Good morning, sir. How can I help? Elephant ears. Yes, sir. I've had them for 22 years. Three years ago, I had a huge bloom that come up on one of them. Oh, yeah. And then two years ago, I had four or five blooms. Last year, I had like 26 blooms. Wow. question is, what makes them bloom, and why so long after 20 years? I've never talked to anybody that's ever heard of them blooming. Have they been in the ground in the same spot? You don't dig yes, them up sir. or do anything? They come from Pikes uh, 20, 22 wow. years ago. I tell you what I did. I put some ashes from some of my deceased animals yeah. over the years, around them three years ago, right. and the blooms are gorgeous. They're gold, and they come up. They're about three foot. They come up right out of the center of the plant, right. about three foot tall, and then they get about a 10, 12, 14-inch bloom on Looks the like a, a big monster peace lily flower. Yes, sir. Yeah, right in the middle of it. Gold. I think most of it is crowding. I mean, oddly enough, Mark, but many tropical plants, when they get crowded, begin to think, hmm, I better bloom right now because these plants around me are pushing me out of the way. Wow. And so just the fact that you have had it for that long, it's gotten crowded in the spot where it's growing. And part of the plant a couple, three years ago said, well, I better bloom this thing. i got to have some seeds out here. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I've talked to many people, and they've yeah. always said, no, elephant ears don't bloom, but by God, yes, they do. they do. Of course they do. All plants bloom in one manner or another. There's they, some that make seeds, some that make spores, some that make various ways of blooming or, or spreading themselves around. But it's all members of the era families, peace lily, elephant ears, caladium, members of the arum family, and their flowers look about the same. Big white thing, or maybe sometimes orangey gold with a little sticker yeah, upper are, thing. Yeah, these are gold, and they're about the size, of, the mouth of them is about the size of a tennis ball. Yeah, pretty amazing. Take pictures, show all your neighbors, tell everybody you're the only one in that neighborhood with elephant ear flowers. It's been a great Saturday morning. I've had a fabulous time this morning. Ashley Frasca's made life easy by screening our calls. Mark, I mean, Scott has done such a great job. Scott Maxim, as a matter of fact, has done such a great job finding great music this morning. And again, join me Monday night. Mark Arab and I will be hosting the Carathon to benefit Children's Health Care of Atlanta. It's been great with you. We'll see you right here next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden.